listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of the Elitist Cinema Geekly's AEW podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Nick Montez, and we're back to talk more AEW Dynamite on TNT. Uh, Nick, have you been keeping up with Dark lately? They're on their fifth episode. Oh, not really. I watched the occasional match here or there, but no, I haven't been watching the whole show. Okay. Uh, really, it's, it seems like every week there's less and less of note, but... Uh, I am continuing to keep an eye on it because the people who win and lose on that show, it still matters. Uh, so we had like Sean Spears picking up a win against Michael Nakazawa. Uh, if you've ever wanted to see Tully Blanchard take a bump because of baby oil, there's a, that is the match for you. Uh, there was another... I don't know what it... I, I know some of this is on Sadie Gibbs. Uh, she's only, like, two years into wrestling. And she is very athletic. Like, she did a Sasuke special in this match. Uh, this tag match, it was uh, Sadie Gibbs and Allie against Big Swole and, Mar- and Mercedes Martinez. Uh, which sounds like it should have been a really good match. But it really wasn't that good. It was pretty clunky in parts, and... Like the four-way match from last week, it was edited very apparently in a couple of places. Like, somebody goes for a move, and then they cut to the crowd. And then they cut back to the ring, and, oh, the move has already occurred, whatever it was, and we're not going to talk about it, and we'll just move on. That sort of thing. It's uh, an awkward edit. Yes. And Allie and Sadie Gibbs won that match, and uh, the main event was actually pretty fun. It was Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela against Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt, uh, which was a pretty fun tag team match. Where the finish was Joey Janela giving Marco Stunt an avalanche package pile driver. So that was crazy. <laughs> uh, and uh, Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela uh, won that match. So important victories to note, but. The shows themselves are mostly feel like filler. Uh, but let's talk about this go-home show for AEW Full Gear, which is, of course, happening on Saturday, which means after this podcast is done, Nick and I have to sit down and figure out when we're going to watch this show and when we're going to review it. So, uh, But this was the go-home show, episode number six of Dynamite. It is the first go-home show in AEW history. And as a broad generalization for this show, before I run through it in detail, uh, I think that this was, as a go-home show, as a thing that's supposed to sell you on the pay-per-view, I thought this was an excellent go-home show. Uh, The matches themselves were not as blow-away as some of the stuff we've seen in previous weeks. Uh, uh, There wasn't anything bad on this show, but it felt like most of the focus was on selling the pay-per-view, which I thought they did, for the most part, at least as it pertains to the main event stuff, I thought they did uh, an incredible job on. Uh, The show opens 
with our announced team running down the card for this evening, but also making announcements for the pay-per-view, such as a tag team match tonight uh, where the winners will be added to a tag team championship rematch between SCU and the Lucha Brothers. Uh, One of two title matches, Nick, that were just announced out of the blue for this pay-per-view that is happening on Saturday. Uh, The other one being Riho defending her championship against Emi Sakura. So we'll get to talk about those things a little bit more as the the show uh, the show rolls on. But we open straight away with the Bastard Pack taking on Trent, who is joined by Orange Cassidy and uh, Chuck Taylor. So uh, back and forth early on, uh, the crowd seems hot once again. They're in Charlotte this week. Uh, Pack gains control on the floor, mostly with the assistance of guardrails. Uh, sending Trent into these things, and people were taking hard guardrail bumps this whole show. Just ridiculous, uh, a ridiculous number of people flying into them. Uh, Pack does an, literally an effortless Fosbury flop to the outside, where he also lands on his feet. I don't know how this guy does this stuff, but he, he makes it look very easy. Uh, it's Pac, incredible. He's really good. Pack works him over for a bit. Uh, then... Chuck Taylor distracts the referee as Orange Cassidy runs distraction uh, for Trent. Uh, seriously, I'm really glad that Pac fought back here at the end and kicked Orange Cassidy in the face. His life literally hanging in the balance here. Had he not gone to kick <laughs> Orange Cassidy once again, just shattering his his shin bones, Orange Cassidy was. Uh, but this distraction worked in Trent's favor as it allowed him to make a comeback. Uh, he makes Pack eat some guardrails, uh, hits him with a strong knee to the back of the head for it too. Trent does his awesome kind of like springy tornado DDT, but Pack has the best tornado DDT cell in the business, and he did it here. Uh, it just looks so awesome uh, when he takes these things, and uh, Trent got it too. Brain buster on the floor from Pack to to get control back. And then things got really strange, Nick. Pack goes up top, hits the black arrow, and Bryce Remsburg only counted to two. Now, there are some people who said that Trent had a foot on the rope, but we did not get to see Trent from, like, the waist down. We only kind of got, like, a waist-up shot, and his shoulders never left the mat. And Bryce never really motioned towards the ropes, this really sort of just feels like Trent didn't kick out and maybe the match was supposed to end with a submission. I don't know what happened here, but it was very awkward for about two seconds. And then Pack thinking on his feet, rolls Trent over, locks him into the brutalizer and gets the submission win. Uh, what did you think of the opener? Yeah, this is a solid 2012-2013 era NXT match, I tell you. Um, <laughs> I I thought it was really great until that awkward moment. I agree with you. I really didn't know what was going on because I was like, it doesn't look like he kicked out. It looks like he was just laying there. Yeah. So I agree. That aside, it was a fun match. I gave it three and a quarter star myself. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been a little bit higher had it not been for that uh, weird finish. I am... And a hundred percent agreement with you. I gave it three and a quarter as well. Uh, I feel like I'm a. Way, I was way above grapple this whole. Not way above. Like we're. I think we're in the general ballpark. But I was above grapple. I think for everything on the show uh, this week. Grapple gave Pack and Trent three point one nine so far. Uh, really? I'm sure not all the results are in, but I thought it was certainly better than that. And the finish dragged it down a little bit for sure, but. Uh, Anyway, the uh, the post-match, Pat grabs the mic, says that Adam Page's naughty swears aren't going to matter, and he's going to make an example of him again at full gear. Uh, short and to the point, uh, and Pat's delivery is, is great. So uh, It amazes me what a scary character he is playing the bastard, because mm-hmm. I never really got that from him in NXT or anywhere else I see him wrestle. He always seems very mild-mannered. I, I love seeing him as this crazy, evil character. It's he, fantastic. I mean, he started adopting that on 205 Live when he became the king of the cruiserweights, and right. 
this is a little bit more evolved version of it, but that is the base character is where it came from. And it was kind of similar to like what this is now, but he seems over time to have grown more comfortable in it. I know he had a problem with talking. Like mm-hmm. I remember Cole Cabana even doing a podcast with him once oh, he was where talking they about stopped how shy it. He is. Exactly. They like stopped the podcast and then continued to record after he kind of loosened up a bit. Yes. Um, well, he couldn't hold a candle to the next promo. Cody comes out, uh, says that the inner circle, they've been blunt, but that's okay. They've been looking for them. The elite wanted this type of competition. Um, he notes greats like, uh, cowboy Bill Watts and Eddie Graham and dusty. He notes that they were legends, that they were all time great performers in the ring and big box office draws, but they were also controversial because they were management as well. Uh, he said that he loved creating this because AEW is like Ellis Island. It's freedom. But he has also heard the criticism because he is management. And he vows that if he cannot beat Chris Jericho at full gear, he will never again challenge for the AEW championship. He also uh, calls out Chris Jericho. He calls him a dick for his hypocrisy, saying that Cody was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, but Jericho was born in this uh, to this upper-middle-class family with a hockey start uh, for a father. He says that he's uh, that this generation needs... Uh, he needs this generation of wrestlers more than this generation needs him, that he's leeching off of these impressionable minds he has in the inner circle. Calls him a carny. Uh, and says that when the elite and the inner circle finally collide, it will be a match beyond, which is of course a, uh, a, a not so veiled reference to war games, which, uh, Cody's father created that match concept. WWE obviously owns the title war games. Uh, but they would often refer to the match beyond as what happens when everybody is in the war games match. Once the match is everybody's in it and the match starts officially, they called it the match beyond and Cody owns the rights to that. So they will probably end up doing a war games at some point between the elite and the inner circle. Um, I would presume for an early pay-per-view next year would be my guess, but uh, we shall see. Um, And he says the elite are going to eat the inner circle alive. I note here, Jesus they murder WWE on promos. This was <laughs> tremendous. Oh my God. His passion just came through in it. It was amazing hearing Cody <laughs> trash Jericho and saying you could get his book on Amazon for, for three dollars <laughs> or a flea market. If you want to go that way. Yeah. <laughs> I love the comparisons he made to himself being a promoter. And it really makes you wonder where they're going with this. Like, does this mean Cody gets the belt? Or I could see by another promo later in the show that this is setting him up to maybe be a heel down the line. Like there's a lot you there's a lot you can do with this and go where you can go from here is there's so many options. It's it's got me excited and I'm even more invested in this world title match now. Yeah. Uh, bronze medal match for a spot in the AEW Tag Team Championship match at full gear. Private Party and Dark Order. So these are the two teams who lost in the semifinals. And uh, SCU and Lucha Brothers were both out here for this match. SCU on commentary for it. And lo and behold, both of these teams each had... SCU had gold medals as well. And uh, Lucha Brothers had silver medals. So you, you don't just get championships for winning tournaments. You also medal in these tournaments as well. Uh, I thought that was, you know, overall, I would say, uh, like, I don't think like private parties should walk around wearing bronze medals every week, uh, <laughs> cause they, they shouldn't, but it's not like a diminishing thing either. If people medal in the Olympics, that's like a big deal, even if it's a bronze, uh, cause it's incredibly tough to medal period. So I don't mind it as like a thing for this tournament. And now that the tournament is over after this match is done. You know, you have your gold, your silver, and your bronze facing each other in a triple threat. 
Uh, I think that's okay. And also I gave away the, the finish of this match. So spoiler alert ahead of time, I suppose, but uh private party, they shined early on, but the dark order cut them off. Uh, after a break, Dark Order still in control. Mark Quinn got the hot tag, but was immediately stuffed by the Dark Order. I thought that was really smart. Uh, you don't see hot tags get cut off immediately. Uh, that's not a common occurrence. Usually it's it's pretty rote to get the hot tag, and the guy comes in, he's a house of fire, and you know the, the team makes the comeback, and they either win or they get cut off again. But to see the hot tag immediately get snuffed out, I thought was neat. Uh... Quinn does mount a comeback. Uh, Stu Grayson, though, stops that uh, with a double backflip kick. Uh, Evil Uno hits him with an electric chair into a neckbreaker. That was pretty cool. Uh, they hit the get over here in the combo cannonball 450 for a two. Private Party make another comeback. They hit the silly string, and they hit the gin and juice on Stu Grayson for the win. And in the post-match, all three teams uh, face off. Uh, as they have a tag title match looming. What, what did you think of the bronze medal match, Nick? That was a really fun match. I liked the use of the creepers blocking a dive attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, I love the passion that Tony Schiavone had in this match because <laughs> as soon as they hit the gin and juice, he goes, gin and juice did it! <laughs> oh, God, he was having a ball. That, I mean, there's another point that I, in another match later, I think, where I write down that he's having a ball, but yeah. I, I love that kind of thing on commentary. It just, you know, it makes you have more fun because they're having fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like this match. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. And it's the, I mean, the only thing that's really an, kind of like an, uh, I mean, I know they just finished the Tag Team Championship tournament, so it's not like they had a lot of time, but it does feel like this was very, like, short-tracked uh, to get this to get a match out there on the pay-per-view. Honestly, I think they probably should have just done uh, a rematch, but uh, between SCU and Lucha Brothers, because you don't really need much of a setup. But, uh, I mean, adding Private Party in isn't going to hurt. It's going to be a real fun match. Uh, And I'm sure we'll probably run down. I guess at the end we'll do uh, some fun predictions or whatever for uh, the pay-per-view. But what would you give uh, the this bronze medal match, Nick? I gave this match three and a half stars. Okay, so I went three and a quarter again. So we're we're pretty ballpark on this one, but grapple a two point eight two. Really? Not even a three. I yeah, I just disagreed. And also, uh, Dark Order, uh, they're turning the page for some fans in here. The the last two matches they've had, the fans have really gotten into the matches. So that's a thing. Uh, I think a good thing too. I mean, I still don't quite, I don't know if the gimmick itself is getting over, but their in-ring work is uh, pushing them through regardless. So uh, (laughs) this may have been the best thing on the show. Uh, We've got (laughs) a Chris Jericho hype video that is a literal mocking of the really great Cody video we got a few weeks ago where they sat down with Cody's mom and talking about this match and Brandy talking about how basically Cody's in like match mode and we're going to like lose him for a few weeks until, uh, you know, he gets past this match and DDP was there is like the, you know, the, the old timer talking about like how important this match is. And this is a almost a direct, complete mocking of it from Jericho in the Inner Circle. And it was funny as hell. I laughed so many times watching this. Like, from like the beginning, which is literally like Jericho deep in contemplation, as Sammy Guevara walks up with champagne bottles, talking about, like, which champagne bottle they need to pick. And... Sammy's voice just fades into the background as Jericho is lost in contemplation. He even gets up and gives Sammy a kiss, like how Cody gave Brandy a kiss. Uh, They do these, like, sit-downs with people in the inner circle, and, like, Sammy Guevara is, like, Chris Jericho is 48 years old, and that makes him the youngest champion in AEW history. Uh, Their legend was Virgil, who was listed as Soul Train Jones. 
which is awesome. He says, like, Cody's drive is like the Olive Garden breadsticks unlimited. I'm dying. It's so goddamn funny. They have um, Chris Jericho's aunt's friend from church. I don't know who this old lady was, but she was unreal. She has this line where... She says that she knew from an early age Chris Jericho would grow up to be AEW champion. <laughs> like, <laughs> what foresight this woman has. Like, just incredible fortune-telling skills. Uh, <laughs> she also says that uh, he knows that Cody is going to beat the shit out of him. Uh, or that she, he's going to beat the shit out of Cody. Uh, just, oh my god. This is, it's so funny. This whole thing was, was great. Um... I mean, you could, they left the crowd volume on so you could hear them laughing at everything. Uh, this was good. And I don't think, I don't, like, I know they've been trying really hard to heal Jericho and everything. Um, I don't think this really baby faces him. I, I know it comes close because anytime you do something that's really funny and people dig it, like, you want to cheer for them because it was so entertaining. But. Honestly, uh, in the main event, you know, they had the crowd cheering for the good guys and booing against Jericho and his team. So I'm not too worried about this. But what, what did you think of this? I thought this was stupendous. I know we don't rate promos here, but I gave this five stars. because oh. I was dying. The minute that they did the first scene and he's just, you know, not focusing on what's going on, I go, oh, my God, he's parodying Cody. This is amazing. Yes. Um, I love that he was sitting in the uh, tub just like Cody and drinking bubbly <laughs> out of the bottle. Oh, yes. <laughs> that youngest champion in the history of AEW crack was the best. And I love that Hager is just playing up his whole enforcer gimmick like his he can't stairs. talk at all. Yeah, and his nickname is The Big Hurt. The as Big they, Hurt. They show under the names they have, like, nicknames for everybody. Um, oh, yeah. Awesome. I, I think with as strong of a baby face as Cody has been, like you said, this doesn't take anything away from that. Like, mm-hmm. I, if Cody was less a performer, maybe it would be an issue, but he's coming out there with fire every week. So this was just a fun little crack that Jericho's like, well, you can make anything epic if you, you know, throw this music on and I can do it too, Cody. Yes. Um, we get a recap of Santana and Ortiz's reign of terror from last week. They appear to not be calling them proud and powerful anymore. All the graphics now read Santana and Ortiz again. He uh, did call them proud and powerful at one point in the in the show when they were attacking someone. They called them the proud and powerful. powerful I yes. think exact. I think Excalibur said that. Maybe it's like a nickname or something. Uh, Jamie Hayter and Emmy Sakura against Riho and Shanna. Uh, back and forth start, but the heels take control going into a picture-in-picture break, which they maintain coming back from the break. Riho makes a comeback and gets the hot tag to Shanna, who is cut off by a sick backbreaker from Jamie Hayter, like this rock bottom Yurinage backbreaker thing. Um, that just looked great. Uh, Shanna hits this crossbody to the outside and a sliced bread. This is when I noticed that Shanna is actually pretty good. Like, she's fluid. Her mm-hmm. strikes and stuff look good. Um, she hits this kind of, like, angel's wings, but... Uh, where she kind of like lands off to the side like a DDT for a two count. Uh, she gets cut off. Riho comes in with Emmy, and there is a series of really fast cradles, and Emmy catches her with a lightning fast Lamahistral cradle for the win. Uh, I thought this is probably the best. I thought this was the best women's match in ring that they've had on TV for sure. Uh, Riho and. Emmy is, you know, thrown together here. Um, Honestly, they probably shouldn't have announced the match until this, especially since they were having Emmy pin Riho. This would have been an excellent time to say that Emmy's going to get the title shot, but they sort of announced it ahead of time. Uh, She did win the four-way match on AEW Dark, so she does have a couple of wins. But I thought this would have been a more appropriate moment to announce the match uh, and they don't have a lot of time to do a lot of storytelling, but uh, it's been noted here in this match and before that Emmy Sakura trained Riho since she was nine. So not only is Emmy her trainer, but 
she's also Excalibur notes almost like a secondary parental figure to Riho, and they obviously work very well together. Every time they were in the ring, like Riho has been pretty good in most of her matches, but when she's in here with Emmy, like they they're completely different. They're going like a hundred miles an hour. They're doing like all of these different reversals and pinning combinations and stuff. I thought they worked uh, really well together. What did you think, Nick? I agree with you 110%. This is the best women's match we've had thus far. Um, lots of cool things in this match, like Emmy throwing Riho by her hair. Um, you know, the I, hair I'm... snapmare was cool, yeah. Yes. And uh, during the break, a hater was bullying Rio, like fish hooking her and giving her wet willy. Oh, stuff. yeah. She gave her the double wet willy in the camel clutch. <laughs> uh, I thought it was a great match. Uh, I hope we get more like this. And it makes me excited for the women's title match we're going to see on Saturday. I gave this one three and a half stars. I thought it was just good stuff. Really good match. Yeah, I went three and a half as well. Again, I don't know where Grapple's coming from. They went 3.02. Not terribly far off, but, you know, when you get about a half off, that's when you start, like, going, eh, okay. I mean, we're close, but, ooh, if this was under a 3. Like, I'm sure there's somebody in here, if I scroll down through here, I'm sure there's going to be somebody who gave this match an egregious rating that I just cannot stand for. Uh... So far, most of these are, like, in the three range. Uh, somebody gave this two and a half, which I disagree with. Two and a yeah. half is way too low. I'm sure there's somebody in here who gave it, like, a one or something. Uh, trolling trolling the ratings, perhaps. Uh, far from the worst thing on this show. I thought this was, like, the probably the second best match on the show. Uh, a brand, there's another Brandy thing backstage. Um, she still doesn't really, or a video, not a backstage thing. Uh, she doesn't, she still doesn't really say why her character is changed again, but she has great delivery. Like the video looks cool. They're just, you know, it's like Brandy feels bullied and she's got Kong by her side and no one's going to bully them anymore. They're going to be the bullies. It just, you know, it's, it's just disjointed because they started they sort of started with this thing with her and Kong, but then it just disappeared and she became Cody second and a good guy character. And then it's, it's like somebody uh, pointed out to me that it's like when JBL went from like drunkard to rich New York city stock investor, like just out of the blue one day he showed up and he was a different character. Uh, That doesn't jive with me, but I thought this video package was really well done. If that, counts for anything, but I'm not feeling the, like, I just don't know where it's coming from. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I, all I thought was Brandy has gone mental, you know, what's up with this Kong and Brandy team. And this kind of leads me to the theory that maybe Cody's going to step aside and just be more backstage. If he loses this match with Jericho, or maybe it gives him an out to be a heel down the line and mm-hmm. turn on MJF even. And we could have a few that That'd way. Super weird. Exactly. So, like, this, it, it, it looks like this could mean a lot of different things. And I'm still confused about what's going on with Brandy, but she, she does play the, the person kind of going mental a little bit. Like, she kind of had, like, a laugh into just a serious face at the end of the promo. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious, but I have no idea what the hell is going on. Yeah, no clue. Uh, Brandon Cutler and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Uh, Cutler shines for a moment, but Sean Spears cuts him off, beats him up, hits him with a Death Valley driver for the win. Uh, short, there was nothing bad. There was nothing great. Uh, it was just a match. Sean Spears won. Uh, post-match, he wants to continue the attack. When Joey Janela makes the save, uh, they note a segment from AEW Dark where Joey Janela was rude to Tully Blanchard and Sean Spears attacked Joey Bl- uh, Joey Blanchard, Joey Janela, and uh, they were going to apparently I don't know rip out Joey's tongue with pliers, uh, but we never saw the ending of this, so I don't know how Joey escaped, but he somehow did with his tongue intact, and uh, I believe they're going to have a uh, a match at the pay per view, perhaps on the buy in. Uh, 
Sean Spears came out to the ring with a no, like a no more garbage wrestling shirt. So, you know, they're going in like, uh, that direction. Apparently Sean Spears is proxying Jim Cornette for this feud. I presume, mm-hmm. uh, anything to note about Brandon Cutler and, and Sean Spears There's really not a lot. Not a lot. Although I do know on BTE, they started this whole feud between Joey Janela and Sean Spears. Um, yes. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago, Janela was smoking and, and Tully was asking what that smell was. He comes by and drops his cigarette and is like Coca-Cola. And yeah, honestly, if anything, that makes Janela the heel here. You know, that's kind of kind rude. of. Yeah, it's kind of a dick thing, but, you know, <laughs> which he is kind of a dick. That's his character. A but, little bit. Yeah. yeah, he's a likable asshole. Sort of. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I gave this one two. I'm right there with you. Two stars. Uh, 1.73 from Grapple. I, I'm not going to contest that. I just I just gave it two because uh, nothing in it was bad. Like, everything they did was, like, clean looking and stuff. It just, you know, was nothing. Uh, yeah. Hype video for Moxley and Omega that I thought was excellent. Like Kenny Omega saying, like, of course this is going to be a hardcore match, John. What did, what did you think we were going to do? Chain chain wrestle in our match? Uh, they show uh, CZW footage of John Moxley doing death matches. They're very uh, they're very intensely teasing that this is going to be a very uh, violent and bloody match. So uh, we will. And Kenny Omega can be a lunatic. So. Uh, I've seen him do just ridiculous stuff. Like every time he wants to be like backdropped out of the ring in Japan through one of those tables, like that's just asking for it. Cause those tables like never break and they're horrible to go through. And he's just like, yeah, backdrop me over the top rope to the outside through one of those things. Uh, he's crazy. Moxley is crazy. I thought this was a great hype video. What, what did you think? I agree. I'm more excited for this. I, you know, I personally have been wanting to see this match for a while. I thought I was getting this in Chicago at All Out, so mm-hmm. they they got me rabid for this match. I can't wait to see what happens between these two. Yeah, I'm super excited for this one as well. Uh, main event: Hangman Page and Kenny Omega teaming up against Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Good guys shine early on. The crowd chants "cowboy shit" for Hangman Page, so that's gotten over in one week. Uh, he gets cut off for a bit. Kenny gets a hot tag. He's hitting like the hardest chops in Ric Flair country on this show. Like these chops were so loud. Uh, and Guevara's chest is all red. Uh, he hits uh, Sammy with the, you can't escape for a two goes for the Terminator dive, but the referee's distracted and Hager clocks him from behind. Uh, Aubrey Edwards did not see it. We go to a picture in picture break and we're, uh, nothing happens really during the break. Like Omega's beaten up on during the break. Uh, and he's still getting beaten down when we come back. Hangman page gets the tag, comes in like a house of fire. Terminator dive on Hager from Kenny moonsault on, uh, uh, from page onto Sammy and Jericho. But, uh, in all this chaos, well, at least I thought it was chaos at the, at the time, but it wasn't, <laughs> we got more chaos later. Uh, but in the midst of all of this, the referee distracted again and Pack comes from nowhere to low blow uh, Hangman on the apron. Jericho hits him with a Judas effect for the win. Before we talk about the post-match, what did you think of the tag team match here? It was a solid match. Uh, truthfully, I don't have a lot to say about this one. I was kind of tired out by the end of this one, but overall, a good effort. Um, I think I gave this one about three and a half stars. Yeah, I thought this was really good as well. I thought this was the best thing on the show, barely edging out the women's tag team match. But, yeah, these guys all work really well together. Uh, Hangman Page is finally getting that treatment that I think they wanted him to have going into the Jericho match. And he's sort of now finding it here a little bit. Like, the people are definitely taking more to him and stuff. Uh, I, they just all worked really well together. It was a real fun. It was a real fun match. Nothing blow away, but really good. Three and a half, I gave it as well. And uh, Grapple went three point two two, so they're more in the three and a quarter. But when we're separated by like a quarter, you know, that's nothing to complain about there. That's pretty good. Uh, post match, just every time this post match slowed down, I'm like, oh, that's kind of an anticlimactic way to end the show. Like it just feels like it was hot. 
and then it died down, and I'm like, oh, you can't end the show here. And then something else happens to make it pick back up again. Uh, they packed in a lot here. Uh, post-match, the yes. attack continues, but Cody comes in to run them off, uh, and MJF stops them from running off. Uh, he hits Hager in the back with a chair. Jericho has to get back into the ring. Cody gives him the crossroads. But then John Moxley is coming through the crowd with a barbed wire bat. He's coming after Kenny, who is still out there at ringside. Uh, they face off, but Santana and Ortiz attack them from behind. The Bucks make a save. Tony Schiavone is having a ball, I note here. He's just The Bucks come in to make a save, and he's like, yeah! He's just losing it. He's having so much fun. Uh, I just wrote here, all hell breaks loose as the show goes off the air. So, so many things happen here once the Bucks make the save. Like, people are brawling up to the stage. Santana and Ortiz try to powerbomb the Bucks off the stage like they did to the Rock and Roll Express. But Moxley and Omega team up to wipe them out. But then they start brawling with each other to the back. And the rest of the inner circle and the elite start fighting when Nick Jackson does a dive off of the entranceway. And there's just a, just a big brawl. Everybody's fighting. And Jim Ross is screaming his head off, trying to tell people to order the pay-per-view as they're brawling and the show goes off the air. This is like an old episode of Nitro back when it was exciting uh, <laughs> and fun. I just thought this was like, look, I know that the asking price is high for pay-per-views. They're, uh, AEW is doing fairly traditional pay-per-view pricing for 2019 uh, for a pro wrestling show, and I know it's a lot to ask, but even if you're not buying the show, like I don't know how you could watch this and not want to buy it, even if you can't. Like the desire is there. Like I want to, man, I really want to watch that show, and I don't know how you can watch that and be like, man, that. Like, even if you don't know who all the people are yet, it just looks so exciting and frenetic and the crowd's going crazy for everything. Like, I don't know how you just, you know, you don't have a heartbeat if you're not getting pumped for it. It just looks like it's going to be a really good show. Uh, I've said it before, like, I am not the biggest fan of Chris Jericho in 2019, uh, like his in-ring stuff. Although, he's not bad, he's just, you know, not lighting my world on fire, and I've never been that into Cody and I'm super excited for this match just because they've built it so well the promos have been great uh, you know the matches that these people have had have been good like Cody has had surprisingly great matches and yeah I'm real pumped for this show uh, the mid card hasn't been built specifically strong but I'm looking forward to the matches and the the two big matches on top I am very excited for so I'm pumped for this show what did you think of the the ending angle here? Just madness. I loved it. Mm -hmm. um, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm excited for the pay-per-view, and there's lots of good matches to see, but I might even be more hyped for the eventual four-on-four, five-on-five match between the Elite and the Inner Circle. Like, the feud between these two groups has been built up so well that I just want to see them all go at it in a big match. And I'm not normally the type of guy to get excited for a big multi-man tag team match like that. So AEW is doing great work right now, building up these two teams and making both seem very important. Okay, so before we go, um, we're going to run through the uh, the full gear card real quick. Uh, oh, and also before we do that, let's thank ThinkGeek real quick for sponsoring the show. CinemaGeekly.com slash ThinkGeek. Uh, head on over there for geeky collectibles and apparel. That's at CinemaGeekly.com slash ThinkGeek or click the supporters link in the show notes for this episode. Okay, so it's this Saturday, AEW Full Gear. It's at the Royal Farms Arena in Baltimore, Maryland. It's going to be available on traditional pay-per-view, but it'll also be available uh, internationally on Fight TV and uh, digitally in the United States on BR Live. And there are currently eight matches with only one officially announced for the buy-in, although I feel like Janela and Spears might make it into the buy-in as well. But let's first let's talk about the a match they announced for the buy-in, B. Priestley and Britt Baker. So this has been... Uh, kind of a ruminating feud for a little while, uh, basically since uh, B and Britt met at Fight for the Fallen uh, on the uh, the buy-in there, and Britt got concussed by B. Uh, 
and I think even on AEW Dark this week, Britt had a actually a pretty good promo. Uh, so if you haven't really been sold by Britt yet, uh, watch the promo on AEW Dark. Um, it's not blow away, but you can tell she's coming out of her shell. It's getting better. Uh, in fact, she she notes she uses her dentist speak because she's talking about her lockjaw finisher that she can put on B. And I my favorite part was she's talking about it in the terms, Nick, of like all of the clinical medical terms of like what the hole does. But she's, and then she's like, you know, but I could do this if I wanted to. And she's like, she's like, in short, I could rip your fucking jaw off. Oh. Uh, and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, they censor her. You don't, she doesn't say fucking, I mean, she does, but they censor it. Uh, but I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like that, that made that move sound way more dangerous. She's like, I'm a doctor. I know where all the pressure points are. I know where things connect. She's like, I could rip your jaw off. Uh, like that sounded horrifying. Uh, but I'm pretty interested in this match. They've kind of got a long standing feud as far as like AEW goes, at least as not quite as long standing as like Moxley and Omega, but, uh, several months long here. And this is their first singles match. Uh, who do you think takes the win? Mm. I think to build up a new challenger for the title, I think B has to take it here. I know she's more committed to AEW now because she just lost the red belt over in oh, Stardom. Did she? I did not know she lost the the what is that? The Wonder of Stardom is that the name of the title? I think so. It's whatever their top championship. Yeah, the red is. belt. I did not know she lost it. Yeah, she just lost. I forget who she lost it to, but um, that just happened recently. Okay, which. Uh, I think because of that, she's going to be more committed to doing more AEW stuff. And okay. truthfully, I just want to see her and Rio go at it because they both come from that stardom background. So I think B gets the win here. Okay, yeah, I'm also going to go with B Priestley. I know that they're doing a lot with Britt, but uh, if B is to be more focused upon, I think she needs to be a little bit better established. I think she should get the win here as well. So that that's who I'm going with. Joey Janela and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Uh what do you what do you think? Uh, we know the we've already talked about the story build up a little bit or what little of it there's been, but there is some there. Uh, who do you think wins? I think uh, hmm. I think Sean Spears is the one that's going to need the win here more. I feel like he needs to do something to kind of build his credibility up, and I feel like they need more. I guess more heels getting wins. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you got Jericho on top, but he's really it him in the inner circle. I think Janela could stand and lose this one, so I think Sean's going to get the win. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite you here and say I think Joey Janela gets the win. Uh, he hasn't won a lot of matches so far. In fact, I'm mm. not sure if he's won anything outside of tag team matches. So I think uh, recently, the last couple of weeks, they've given Sean Spears some singles wins. He had that win on Dark. He had that win this week. Uh, I think this is where they give Joey Janela win. I think this is maybe like a a little miniature angle that they've run to just to set up this match, uh, to give you a reason why the match is happening. And I think Joey Janela will win. Uh, what else do we have here? Let's talk about Hangman Adam Page against Pac. This is obviously also kind of a fairly long-standing feud. These guys were supposed to wrestle on Double or Nothing, uh, and they ended up having a match in England instead. And uh, they've had a match, uh, by the way, a match where Pac dominated him. And they had a match uh, on Dynamite as, or was it on Dynamite? Yes, it was on Dynamite as well, where Pac beat him uh, in the ring. So does Hangman Adam Page get his redemption here, Nick? I think he does. I think he's going to be the first one to get a victory on Pac, um, because I don't think they're really going to want to build up to a Jericho-Pac match right away. Mm-hmm. Um I also think that I think Tony or someone on the show said that this is the rubber match because Hangman got a pin on him in the tag match. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I kind of don't agree with that. It's not a singles match, but uh, I mean, he did. Yeah, I think he he did. But he did. But he was also because of Mox. Yeah. He was left high and dry by his partner. Uh, I'm going to go with Paige as well uh, in that one. I think that's a. I think that's a fairly uh, a fairly safe bet. Uh, 
three-way match for the AEW World Tag Team Championship, SCU defending against the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix, and Private Party. Uh, I mean, I don't see, obviously, honestly, I don't see a spoiler alert for my future predictions, but honestly, I don't see any of the titles changing hands on this show. Uh, they just crowned SCU as the champions. I think Private Party are in this match to be beaten. Uh, to help SCU retain the titles without beating Lucha Brothers again. But I think this match will be really good. But, uh, yeah, that's who I think is winning. I think SCU is winning. And I'm going further. I'm going into prop bet territory by noting who I think they will defeat in this match. I agree with that. I think that Private Party is going to take the pin, and I don't see SCU losing the belts just two weeks after winning them. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, all right, Riho defending the AEW Women's World Championship against her, her teacher and also potential alternate family member, uh, mother figure, Emi Sakura. Uh, I, I think, you know, this is pretty last minute. I don't see them going with Emi Sakura as their Women's World Champion. I'm pretty sure this is just here for Riho to have a really good match and another win. Uh, and that's who I'm going with here. Absolutely. Rio all the way. She's keeping that belt. Yes. Uh, Young Bucks against Santana and Ortiz. Uh, No titles on the line here. Just a grudge match. Uh, This has been building up since All Out, and it's been building up every single week on TV. This should also be a great match. Who do you think is going to win? I think uh, Santana and Ortiz are getting the win. I think they got to establish him, right? their first really big match in AEW, mm-hmm. they're not going to lose. And the Bucks are kind of on a losing streak at the moment anyways. Well, not a big one, but they took that big loss to private party in the tag team tournament. So I think, I really don't think they want to make themselves a big focal point of the tag division just yet. Yeah. I think they should so, be, I, I think they should be a focal point, but, um, and maybe even one of the main focal points for sure. But I like what they're doing here sort of right now is that, Santana and Ortiz. I sort of like the idea that the elite are a little bit fractured right now. Like Cody was talking about in his promo, they've been um, they've been sort of like bowled over here by the inner circle. But you know, it's okay because this is what they wanted. I sort of see this as like you know the young bucks are off the rails right now. They uh, they seemed like they were doing great until they lost that ladder match, and then Santana and Ortiz showed up, and they're like, okay, well we'll win that tag team title tournament, and they get eliminated in the first round. Uh, and then all this craziness is happening with Santana and Ortiz. I could see Santana and Ortiz beating them, further continuing uh, this progression for the Young Bucks. Uh, I'm going with Santana and Ortiz as well. Uh, let's do... Uh, honestly, I think Moxley and Omega is probably going to go on last, uh, but um, only because in storyline, the Jericho-Cody match will be the only will be the official last match on the show. Uh, because the whole lights out unsanctioned thing means the match isn't technically happening, which sort of gives them an out to not have the world title match be the last match. Um, even though I think Moxley and Omega is going to be last, let's talk about that match now. Who do you think wins this match? I think it's, uh, to me, this is a toss up more than anything else on the show. Like, I could hear good cases for why either person should win. I'm curious who you think is going to win this. Definitely. This is probably the toughest match on the card to call. And I know that um, I'm pretty certain with you that they're going to go on last because JR talked about the show that once the show's over, they're dimming the lights, they're coming back on, and then they're having this match. So I agree, this is main eventing. Um, That leads me to believe that Kenny could possibly get a big win here to send everyone home happy, but I'm going to go with Mox. I think Mox is going to get this um, he's definitely going to get the win here and possibly be in contention for a title shot. In an attempt to guarantee that at least one of us is correct, I am picking Kenny Omega. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I could hear cases for both sides, but uh, it's a toss-up. Uh, Chris Jericho defending the AEW World Championship against Cody. If Cody loses, he will never challenge for the AEW Championship again. Uh I think I spoiled it earlier by noting that I don't think any titles are changing hands this early. I know people have questioned about the politics of 
Chris Jericho because they have already announced that it's going to be Chris Jericho and Hiroshi Tanahashi at one of the Wrestle Kingdom events. I don't know if it's night one or night two. But night two. Is it night two? Okay. So mm-hmm. I know I know Jericho is wrestling Tanahashi. I know people are wondering about the politics of because nobody thinks Jericho is going to go in there and beat Tanahashi, although maybe he's going to. I don't know. Uh, people are wondering about the politics of him going in there as the AEW champion and losing. Uh, and obviously things between AEW and New Japan aren't uh, 100%. So, yeah, I don't know. But I don't think Jericho is losing here. I think it's, I think it's too soon. Uh, I think the, you know, if they could, de- and look, this is, if they are going to stick to stipulations, it's not like at some point, Cody, if something happens where he wants the AEW World Championship and opportunity is presenting itself, he, like, he could, in storyline, resign from his position as management or whatever to be full-time wrestler or whatever uh, to challenge for the title. There are ways around this. So I think Jericho is going to retain. I think it's too early for a title change, but Cody's hot right now. He's on fire. So... I mean, I, I'm not going to begrudge anybody if they're like, Cody's going to win and he should win. I'm not going to necessarily argue that with you. I personally think it's a little too early for a change, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. What do, what do you think? Who do you think is going to win? And there's a lot of different things you could do with this whole Cody storyline. If he never challenges for the title again, well, the champion could challenge him because I want to win over Cody Rhodes in my title run. You know, sure. I'm not asking you to challenge. I I want the challenge. Or what if Cody gets a disqualification win over Jericho? So he technically won. He didn't say he had to become AEW champion. He just said he had to beat Jericho. So well, I know we're not gonna. Of- I know we won't get. I mean, watch me get proven wrong here. But I'm pretty sure we're not going to get DQ. I think Tony Khan specifically said in one of the presser events that there is never going to be a DQ on a pay per view. Uh, they haven't even done a DQ on TV yet, but he said there's never going to be a DQ on a pay-per-view. There's going to be nothing but clean wins. So there will be a winner and a loser. Um, so that's definitely going to, someone's going to win or lose that match. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the point is, uh, that you and I were making is that there are ways around this. If Cody loses that, you know, it's pro wrestling guys like, you know, Terry Funk, <laughs> Terry Funk retired a million times. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I I agree. I think Jericho's retaining the title. I think he'll probably get the win over Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, everybody. So that's the show for uh, this week. Uh, head on over to uh, cinemageekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for The Elitists and hit subscribe, and that way you'll be able to hear us come back sooner than later to talk about AEW's full gear pay-per-view. Put it on the line, all in the same night. Hustle my way to the top, they get this moment, this future. No doubt we own it, the future is mine. On the line, Sammy Guevara, it's my time just to take flight. Put it all on the line in the same night. Hustle my way just to get this moment. There is no doubt that we own it, the future is mine. I got so much on the line.